0: Welcome to the St. George's Lead Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk.
1: Good morning, everyone. There we go. It's always nice that you're still uh, with me. So this morning, we're launching a new series called Growing on the Frontline. And this uh, might ring a bell for some of you. Uh, It's developed by the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity as a resource, and we're taking inspiration from that um, for our series. And they're a great organisation equipping the church for whole life discipleship, Um, and they've really um, helped us think about that, and many churches And we welcomed uh, Ken Benjamin last term in the autumn from LICC as a guest speaker, and he's going to join us again after Easter as we continue to think about this to equip all of us uh, to live for Jesus where we find ourselves Monday to Saturday. And I hope that this series will also help us inhabit this season of Lent that is coming up. The 40 days leading to Easter, beginning on Ash Wednesday, as we've just said, as we prepare our minds and our hearts to remember the life and death and bodily resurrection of Jesus at Easter. And for this series as well, there is a prayer journey that you can sign up for that is 40 days long, which is very helpful, uh, from LICC. And the details will be on our resources page on the website website. So you can either sign up to receive an email every day that helps you pray, or you can go on the YouVersion Bible app, and it's on there as well. And this journeys through this theme of growth that we're talking about together. Uh, And there's also a small group guide that your small group leaders might well have to help follow through and some videos. There's lots of resources uh, to help us grow together. And later on, our response today is going to involve uh, our discipleship survey that we do each year at St. George's um, that helps us see in the team and those involved in preparing different things, helps us see how we are equipping every member of St. George's to grow as a disciple. Um, now, that is all of our responsibilities. That's not just uh, me or other clergy or ministry team. That's all of us. Um, But part of our vision is to make disciples, to grow as disciples. And so we're going to think at the beginning of Lent about where we are are now so that we can hopefully see growth as disciples throughout Lent and the rest of the year. So growing on the front line that we're talking about today addresses a major challenge that all Christians face. Even when we want to live fruitfully day by day, All too often we get in our own way. And so we hope that growing on the front line, these resources that inspire us, helps us become the people that Jesus intends us to be right where we are, so that we can bear good fruit for him. And you might remember that um, being equipped for the front line, we used a series uh, that kind of precedes this back in. 2019 guys 2019 that was when I had uh, just arrived it was before uh, the common experience that we all had of a pandemic but we looked at growing on the front lines um, we looked at fruitfulness at that point point. Uh, and there were five Ms that LICC has that kind of align quite well with our vision actually that help us think about um, being disciples and those are going to come up on the screen modeling godly character Making good work. We thought about how God gives us good work to do in partnership with him. Ministering grace and love wherever we are. Moulding the cultures that we're in. Being mouthpieces for truth and justice. And being messengers for the gospel. And uh, those M's might help you as well as you think about Uh, the discipleship survey, or just what it looks like as a whole picture of following Jesus. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to have Sunday sermons, we're going to have an opportunity for our Bible studies in our small groups, uh, to share our own experiences and testimonies, uh, and to pray together, to encourage us to reflect on what's happening in us and around us and to receive God's wisdom to be renewed by him so that we can respond more fruitfully on our front lines. And the front line is wherever we regularly spend time uh, in the week with those that don't know Jesus. So that might be our work, our family, um, our communities, our neighborhoods, our friends, our colleagues online. And to give us a bit of a flavour of what that might look like, we're going to play a video from NICC that just summarises this for us as well.
0: Could God be wanting to do something in us, do something through us, right there and then, on our front lines? Welcome to Growing on the Frontline. We're going to explore together how we can play our part in becoming more fruitful, working with God as he shapes us. Each one of us has the potential to bear good, lasting fruit, but there are also times when it's hard to see any fruit at all. I knew what I needed to say, but I was so afraid of conflict that I couldn't bring myself to say it. And I didn't realize it then, but my self-worth had become dependent on my sense of success. It's like Paul writes in Romans 7, why do I do the things I don't want to do and I don't do the things I do want to do? LICC's new eight-session course will help you to notice the feelings and desires that get in the way of fruitfulness. And it will give you the tools to help you become more like Jesus, with God's help, right where you are. Our prayer is that you will grow on your front line and become someone who does indeed point others to the one that you follow.
1: So as you can see you might engage with this in a number of ways over Lent maybe just on a Sunday and then you reflect in the week maybe in your small group or you could sign up to pray as well and maybe do that with a friend so that you're praying together throughout Lent so first uh, a question That's oh, We've got some, oh, that's exciting. a question uh, as we think about this do you want to grow as a Christian do you want to do that Do you think it is possible for you to grow as a human being who follows Jesus to be more like Jesus? I wonder what we think of uh, when we think of the phrase grow up. Um, You might think of this guy. (laughs) I don't know if any of you have seen this film. Uh, This is Boss Baby. Uh, and there's a whole series of these films. Um, if you haven't, you might want to watch it. as inspiration this week. Um, and the premise is that it's a baby who talks, becomes a boss, and that obviously is represented by wearing a suit. <laughs> I don't know why that is the case. Um, we might think of when we grow out of clothes um, when you're a child or teenager. Um, we might think of when someone says, oh, just grow up if you're being interpreted as being immature about a situation. But what does it mean to grow as a human being and as a Christian disciple who's a follower of Jesus? And in that sense, there's something about growing to become more like the person that we follow. And sometimes I think the idea of being asked to grow feels tiring. I don't know about you, Through the past few years uh, and the striving that our culture encourages to be better, um, to achieve more, to earn more, that sense can be tiring. Now I'm standing up here asking us to grow as disciples and you're like, this is tiring. But I hope that this morning we'll be encouraged that growth as a Christian is actually the norm. That it doesn't rely on us just Trying harder, but abiding, spending time with, being in the presence of Jesus by the Holy Spirit, and then letting the fruit of that relationship grow much more organically. And in Scripture, we are reassured that in Jesus we are adopted children of God. We're encouraged to have a childlike, trusting, Faith. But we're also called to spiritual and emotional maturity, a childlike faith, but not a childish sense of maturity. Rooted in the character of God and aided by a humble self awareness, where we think of ourselves in relation to God and who He's made us to be, not as the center of our universe. And rooted in, hopefully, a growing wisdom and perspective on the world. A world of which we are not the centre. We are not boss baby, but we are children of the king, a heavenly father. And thank goodness, I don't want to be (laughs) boss baby. I want to be a child walking with my heavenly father, growing to be more like his son Jesus. So we're going to set the scene this morning and share some key themes that we'll be exploring together. And the central image uh, that that resource growing on our front line has is a fruit tree. Some of you might have fruit trees in your gardens or in your allotments. Um, We used to have, when I was growing up, there were vines uh, outside the back and they were very worse for wear most of the time. But I had that image in my mind. And a key passage that we heard this morning from the prophet Jeremiah that will help us reflect today. So let's think about that image of the tree for a moment. There's a danger that we let this image of a tree go too lightly. Maybe it's too normal or familiar if we've been at church a little while. We've heard it many times. But a tree is a powerful image to have in mind when thinking about our discipleship, our spiritual growth, and our life. It's a really helpful illustration. And in our passage that we heard... Jeremiah is using a tree as an image to convey the primary message that God has given him to proclaim to God's people. Jeremiah was one of God's prophets who spoke to the rebellious people of God in the Old Testament, and he's called to warn them that they need to turn back to Yahweh, to God. And that there are consequences, implications of their actions if they continue to say, No, we're going our own way. And as part of that message, Jeremiah shares this illustration from God that contrasts these two plants a bush in the desert without use, without fruit, and an amazing fruit tree that never stops producing good fruit. Firstly, there are those who trust in human beings or in themselves instead of Yahweh's wisdom and provision. And Jeremiah 9 describes them earlier as people who ultimately look for fulfillment in themselves. Their job, their status, their friends, their own knowledge and perception of the world. Anything other than putting God first. They are like a bush in a parched desert land, here today, gone tomorrow, with no lasting fruit. And there's consequences of that that we see that God lets happen when people say no repeatedly to his wisdom and provision. It's a challenging message. But then there is the blessing of someone who puts their hope and trust and confidence in God. And Jeremiah describes this person as like a tree by the side of a river, trusting, putting their confidence in God, drawing up his wisdom as like roots do for the tree. They are being nourished, they get what they need, and then they bear fruit organically because of that relationship. The kind of fruit that we were made to produce. As God's people, as children of our Heavenly Father. And Jeremiah needed some of those deep roots himself. He was called to a tough vocation, to confront the complacent, to call out the conceited. He was beaten up, he was locked away, and he was told to be quiet. But he didn't depend ultimately on humans, even God's people, so he kept going, being resourced by his relationship with God. And many of us will know that when Jeremiah talks about trees, he's not alone, uh, as some of the authors of the Bible. Trees are consistently used as images of that. There are famously trees in the first chapter, which I know because of my name, Eve, my fault, and the last chapter of the Bible, the Genesis creation story and the revelation picture of the new earth and the new heavens to come. We see this image of uh, people being those who trust in God as being like trees planted by a stream in Psalm 1, and Isaiah the prophet uses it multiple times. And we know we're approaching the time when we remember Jesus was nailed to a cross, which was sometimes simply called the tree. In fact, other than people and God, trees are the most mentioned living thing in the Bible. That's without adding mentions of wood and carpenters. And that gives us a sense that trees carried much more importance for people in biblical times than they might do now, although I hope that we are more aware of them as we consider God's creation and how we respond to to our call to steward it well. We might look at a fruit tree and think, that's nice, in a kind of take it or leave it way. Some of us might not, those of us who are gardeners or who have a better understanding than me. But in the time of Jeremiah everyone is immediately aware of the significance in their ecosystem and their livelihoods of trees. Fruit is a vital food source. They need oil for cooking and lamps. They need the shade of a tree to shade them from the sun. So the care of that tree becomes really significant. And there's a second reason that a tree is a good illustration, because with a tree there's much more going on ...than initially meets the eye. Out of sight, underground, there is that root system. Picture the top of a tree that you know... ...and then consider that underneath the ground... ...is the same size and spread of roots going on. And it's the same with our spiritual lives... ...our inner lives with God as individuals and as communities... You could ask someone training to be uh, an orchardist, that is a natural job, a farmer of grower or grower of fruit trees, and they're taught to care for the unseen of the life of the tree. Because if it's not tr- pruned correctly, or it doesn't have a healthy root system, then the next year it might not bear the fruit that it has the potential to do. So these, uh, these people need to make sure a tree is well cultivated, that it has the right nutrients in the soil, maximising the health of the roots. They are always looking to create the conditions which give the best chance of lasting, fruitful growth. So what's the parallel for us? What's our human version? How do we look after our roots? How do we collaborate with the work that God is doing in us To give us the best chance of being consistently fruitful in the long term without burning out. Well it looks like recognising that it's his work by his spirit. Not by our own effort. But that we cooperate, we surrender to him. And we need God, we need one another, we need the scriptures, we need our minds and our resolve Uh, Ken Benjamin who helped form this series tells a story of when he was training for his theology degree and it ended in a series of finals and he had to travel from his um, home in West London to North London and he travelled by car past Heathrow Airport and he mostly had a reliable car but it was starting to make some odd noises, I've also had this experience with my car. Um, But because he was doing the busy thing of preparing for his finals, he kept making that journey backwards and forwards. He turned up the music and he carried on. And that plan worked until the very last day uh, of his final final. And he'd gone um, too far to get back home when the car's noises became persistent. You can imagine the scene. If there's any um, married couples here looking going, you're the person that would ignore, you're the person that would not ignore these sounds, I don't know. Um, and until you know the final moment, it was too much to ignore without the radio on, and then the car stopped. So he pushed the car to the side of the road, quite near Heathrow, and then um, he had to get a cab to where he needed to be. And the cab uh, got him there on time at great expense but the London cabbie dispensed some wisdom. Um, And because Ken was stressing out about how unlucky he was about the situation. Uh, And the cabbie said, you haven't been unlucky at all. You don't look after your car. (laughs) And And Ken said, well, you don't know that, we've just met. And you've only seen the outside of my car. You don't know how much care I take of that engine. And Ken says, the answer was harsh, but brilliant. Without pausing, the cabbie fired back, I can tell from the outside that you are not looking after the inside. And I think that is true for us. By attending to our inner life, what comes out of us will be healthy and renewed. Our hearts, (laughs) our attitudes, our motivations, both individual and communal. Jesus said in Matthew 15, What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them because it comes from the heart. And LICC have offered helpful advice that shows that thoughtful devotional prayer prepares us for our front lines and it makes a difference to people. Not just in like maybe a devotional time in the day, but those short prayers throughout the day that we converse with God. And we talked about that a little bit at the beginning of the year with our rhythm series. And so our inner life is important because it's easy to think of those devotional times as separate from the rest of our lives uh, as the the real moments when God is working and then the rest we just have to then sort of do. Uh, But actually, God is working throughout every day, every minute, if we allow him to. Lots of the growth happens out there for the rest of the week and I'm reminded of this in the show call the midwife I don't know if anyone watches this Um, and it happens in lots of vocations teaching medicine ordination I trained contextually Um, what we uh, learn in the classroom is never separate from what we do on the ground and actually there's a relationship between the two all the time we practice the things we learn God teaches through experience, reinforces our growth, we reflect on it, and we do it again. And our habits and patterns matter. Jesus says, when you pray, do it like this. And in Hebrews 10, the author says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together, which implies that people were giving up the habit of meeting together. So we have this inner growth and reflection and this practical doing and being that cannot be separated. We need to grow and grow as part of a community. So I ask that question again. Do you want to grow organically with God? Do you think you can? I was uh, reminded of this wonderful show, Welcome to Earth, Welcome to Wrexham, I don't know if anyone's watched it. When um, Ken Benjamin from NICC came last term, he referred to our Sunday gatherings, and particularly the sermon, as the half-time talk that is to equip, uh, to equip us to go back into the world and live for Jesus. It's not just a nice time for its own sake. And in Welcome to Wrexham, it um, tells the story of Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, if you can say that fast, two celebs. Um, Hollywood actors who um, bought the football club of Wrexham and uh, took it over, and they tell the story, and it's, very, it's a very human story, lots of different people, of what it takes to run and grow this community. The team is learning all the time, as are the new owners. Everyone is using their expertise well together, um, including these guys who don't... Um, Ryan doesn't know much about football, so when there's a moment where a goal is scored in a match and they're, they're, they're in the um, stadium, and they start celebrating like crazy, the cameras are on them, only two minutes later to be told that it was offside. Um, so we need one another to tell us, mm, that, no, that's not actually how it works. So this, and each week during Lent, is the halftime talk. Um, our playbook is the Bible, and the chairman is Christ. And we all need coaches in this don't we we need teammates so do we want to grow
0: thank you for listening to the St George's Lead sermon podcast for more talks or information visit stgs.org.uk